When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to The Long Two, a fake teams podcast. My name is Natty. His name is Brandon. Howdy and what's up, Brandon? Happy Halloween. How are you? What's up, man? Happy Halloween. There's so much kids candy here that I can't wait to just rummage through after this pod. So what's your youth? You were bragging before the pod that you went to candy. What's your favorite candy that you got? Uh, hands down, Reese's peanut butter cups. Tough to argue with that. Yeah. It's just like, I'll buy Nutella and crunchy peanut butter and just, you know, like. That's definitely classier. I'll Um, have just spoonfuls of one, like half and half, or I'll just put it on a tortilla. Like it's fine. It's terrible for you, but it's such a great combo. Undefeated. Undefeated, I guess. Like, well, jelly, I think, or jam can compete with chocolate with the peanut butter. But the other way around, what's, I mean, I guess you can get, like, some people like chocolate. But in candy form, you know. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Wait, are you Twizzlers or Red Stripes? What What is your family? You can only be one. Uh, I'm a Twizzlers guy. Okay. And you're paterfamilias, so your whole fucking house better be that way. <laughs> like, if your son comes uh, home with a bunch of Red Stripes, you'd be like, what the hell are you doing? Wait, is it Red Red Stripe is the beer? Is it like... Yeah, yeah. Vines red Vines? Red Vines. Red Vines. I knew what you meant. If your toddler, well, he's not a toddler anymore, but if, if Jay comes home with a six pack of red stripe, you should give him a high five and tell him <laughs> that he did a great job. Yeah, he's okay. done that already. <laughs> I, I bet. And he's been like, yo, where are yours? Cause these yeah. are mine. These exactly. are mine. Great beer, red stripe. So tonight we are going to be talking about the Chicago bulls. We are going to talk about the challenge game from last week. I challenged Brandon to watch the Pistons Magic game, and I watched it too. Uh, and then we'll talk about some ads. We'll have a new segment called the Stock Market. And then Brandon will challenge me to watch a game for the coming week. So let's start off with nobody's favorite team, the 5-1 and one Chicago Bulls. Brandon? I'm a Pistons fan, so fuck this team. Uh, and, you know, let's start off with good news. What do you think about this team? Unless you're smart and you think they suck, too. Um, I do not think they suck. Um, I'm actually I'm actually pretty encouraged by what I'm seeing from the Bulls. So uh, don't know if you had a chance to check out the Bulls-Jazz game last night. But I did. Uh, I did. it was it – was, it was pretty pretty good basketball, I, I, I'd say. Um, you had DeRozan and, and Levine combined for 58 points. 
Um, and then, you know, Vucevic chipped in. He had some some big baskets kind of late. Lonzo did a little bit of everything, including four steals, um, you know, which he's been been kind of known for. Uh, Caruso pitched in, didn't have a huge game, but he made it uh, some great hustle plays in the second half. And, um, you know, the Bulls look like, you know, they have an identity and, you know, they're going to be really aggressive. They're going to jump passing lanes. They've got the scoring trio with Boos, DeRozan, and Levine, the dentist. Um, so, you know, we, we really – I really like those three guys. I love Lonzo as that fourth piece. Um, I like what Caruso's doing. But my biggest question with the Bulls is the depth. And, you know, they had a huge injury with, with your guy. I'm not going to talk too much about him. I'll save that for you, Patrick Williams. But – um, it's, it gets really, really shallow after that. You're talking Tony Bradley, uh, Troy Brown, Derek Jones, Derek Jones. I, I, you know, I like him for what he does. Um, he's a, a great athlete, but I don't really want to see him playing, you know, sixth or seventh man minutes. Um, so that's kind of my question mark, you know, with the bulls, but I, I, I am, I am encouraged by what I see. Um, I do think it's his, you know, vintage DeRozan, um, you know, you're getting exactly what you expect from him. He's just a, the epitome of a veteran. Um, so, you know, I, I, I like what I see from the Bulls. Um, everyone keeps talking about their schedule. They do have a really, really tough schedule coming up. I think the next 10 or 11 games are all against teams that probably are, are in playoff contention. Um, so, you know, it's going to, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the bulls, but I like what I see in Chicago, man. I mean, that place seems like it's rocking. Okay. I'm going to not be a slave to my passions and talk about the Chicago bulls as if they're an actual NBA team rather than just some disgusting pile of shit that occasionally plays the Detroit plays is in quotation marks, air quotes, uh, the Detroit Pistons. Wow. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah. The Billy Donovan or Donovan, however you say his name led Chicago bulls, which actually makes sense because Joakim Noah was on the team. Uh, Makes a ton of sense for sure. And okay. So, so let's be objective. Uh, Donovan always has a competent defense at the very least. So I think the Bulls' improvement in that area or seeming improvement in that area is legit. Um, Speaking of which, Patrick Williams, my man, is out for the year with a wrist injury. As you said, that seriously hurts their depth. Brandon, on ESPN.com, on the Chicago Bulls depth chart webpage, the power forward for the Chicago Bulls is listed as one DeMar DeChosen. Yeah. Javante Green, who I'm sure is a nice person and has a lovely family, is listed as the starting small forward <laughs> for the Chicago Bulls. That is not an indication of success. That's, I mean, maybe it doesn't suck. But, like, DeChosen is not a power forward, and it's super funny that he's listed as one right now. And if he gets eligibility for that, that's just going to be the coolest goddamn thing in the whole world. Um, I know. Okay. So, 
they could obviously like use another wing, but I I think that like Caruso just put him in the starting five. Like his well, he's playing with DeJosa, he's, your right? he's, he's in the closing lineup. Minutes. But like at this point, you know you don't have a bench, and Caruso is not the sort of dude that elevates your bench to like starter value. So as the Bulls have okay, speaking of upcoming schedule, the Bulls are in the central division. Uh, along with the Bucks, the Cavs, the Pistons, and the Pacers. Four of the five teams in that division are legit going for the playoffs. Um, the Pistons are not, obviously. All four of those teams could totally make it. Chicago, it's like their upcoming schedule, they've already played the Pistons twice, so that helps some of their numbers. But it's like, that means you already played the Pistons twice. You should win those games. Now it's about whether you can go 500 against the other teams in your division um, because you have to, you have to be able to keep up with them. Like those teams get to play the Pistons too. Uh, Fantasy wise, Zach Levine, the dentist is number 14 on the player Raider. Lonzo balls, number 21, by the way, you said he was doing a little bit of everything. He sure is. And his value is I'm like, Oh my God! Could he keep that the whole year? Is he a top twenty-five player? Um, I don't, I don't have him quite there, uh, but I do think that he's going to have his best year if he stays healthy. Because, like we, we, you and I are both saying right now, there's really just no depth here, and everyone's getting. If you're good on this team, you're playing thirty-five minutes. So um, this is the. Yeah, this is the most consistent usage that Lonzo has gotten since probably he his you know the beginning of his career when he first got to LA his rookie season pre LeBron. Um, but uh, you know, I think Lonzo's going to have a really good year. He's going to continue to shoot the three. He's going to rebound. He's going to get you triple doubles in our our league. We count triple doubles, he so he's yeah. he's been great. Um, Vucevic is going to continue to to have high usage. Um, yes. And then the, the chosen and Levine, you know, I mean, I think Levine leads this team in scoring this year, but I don't think DeRozan is that far off. I think they're both in the mid twenties, you know, maybe DeRozan's 23 and Levine's 26, but I think these guys are both going to score and DeRozan is going to play make as well. So the dentist, Zachary, he has a little thumb injury on his non-shooting hand. So that's obviously, you know, not great. Um, the chosen, by the way, is also a top 50 player. Vooch is number 52. So like basically a top 50 player. That's four dudes in their starting five that are top 50 players. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Fantasy what? Yep. Um, and losing Patrick Williams, I don't think that changes those four guys values really, you know, like that's, it's not like someone's going to come in and start taking shots from them. Like the few shots that Pat Williams was getting uh, are maybe even going to going to them. Yeah, exactly. They might distribute to them. So uh, speaking of Zach and DeRozan, DeMar is number one in field goal attempts on the bulls right now. Like I Mm -hmm. sort of think that the loss of Patrick Williams and Zach's slight injury means that this is going to sort of turn into a DeMar DeRozan team. And he's going to end up being 
quote unquote, the number one scoring option just from field goal attempts, not from efficiency and not from overall points per game. Uh, although if he's driving more and more and gets free throws, then maybe that turns out. But anyway, DeMar's at 19 field goal attempts per game. That's tied for 17th most in the NBA with Durant and Malcolm Brogdon. That's mm. nice. Yep. Uh, Levine's number two on the team, obviously, with 17 plus per game. He's taking six plus threes per game. Vooch is 15 plus field goal attempts and four plus three point attempts. Lonzo is 10 plus field goal attempts and seven three point attempts per game. That's nice for Lonzo, I think. That's now, Natty. That's Natty, you have you have to admit though that those four guys all kind of fit pretty well. Absolutely, for sure. Especially so I because- think they can they can produce you know kind of in tangent with one another, don't you think? Absolutely, I. I have more, our minds are going the exact same way. I actually have some numbers about that. So the Bulls have the fourth best point differential in the NBA. Again, they went against the Pistons twice and the Pelicans once. Uh, And they have the third best opponents points per game. That means the third lowest. They lost to the Knicks and they lost to the Jazz. Or no, they lost to the Knicks. They played the Jazz and the Raptors and beat them too. So their five and one record is legit. They have the fifth best net rating, but they're playing at the sixth slowest pace. That matters. Mm. Here's why that slow pace matters. They are 20th in drives per game. They're at 10 drives per game. They're 25th in field goal percentage on those drives. So they don't drive a lot, and they're not finishing when they do drive. However, they are eighth in points, in point percentage on those drives point percentage has field goal attempts and free throws so what that means is that they're not finishing but they are getting to the line and they're sinking those shots a lot of that is demar Derozan. like that's his game he's an old school shooting guard uh they're 26th in assist percentage on drives not great they're 25th in pass percentage on drives which makes the assist percentage make sense so they're not actually dishing off of drives as much as you would think and when you combine that with the fact that they're 29th in catch and shoot three-point attempts per game that to me suggests that they're not passing enough they are 22nd in passes per game and i feel like that's low for this team the reason i feel like that's low is lonzo is a distributor for sure Mm -hmm. He was born to distribute. And DeRozan actually, and he's at four plus assists per game. He became a distributor in San Antonio. Like he knows how to pass. Um, And Zach's gotten better too. And Vooch is fine. So they're ninth in catch and shoot three point percentage. Ninth best, which means that when they do get those passes from a driver for something else, and you can just pull up, they're, they're hitting them at a pretty good rate. I think that they just need to move the ball a little bit more. And maybe some of that has to do with the fact that like they had basically not a non-shooter, but like Patrick Williams is a sophomore and he hasn't shown that he can actually score yet. We think he can, we hope he can, but um, now you can just sort of not have to worry about the fifth guy. You know what I mean? Like, DeMar and Zach can drive. Lonzo can just distribute however he wants to. 
and I am hoping that their passing goes up because I believe that there's a lot of talent in distribution on this team. And so it's weird to me that they haven't shown that yet. But I think that's sort of just like learning to live with DeMar and Lonzo on the team for Zach. I think the yeah, that, ball- that probably – that probably just takes some time, right? These guys are, you know, this is these guys are pretty much all learning how to play with each other right now, right? I mean, if you yeah. think about it, Boost just got there last year. Um, right. DeRozan and, and Ball are new. So, you know, these four have really not played together. So, you know, I think when in time they'll 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 kind of sync up and the the flow of the game will kind of be a little smoother. Um, you know, especially when you have a guy like Lonzo. Um, and like you said, DeRozan is a willing passer and Vucevic is really skilled. Um, you know, I, I expect that to only improve as the season goes on. Dude, and like Zach came back from the Olympics, you know, not a, like a different player, but it was like this is this feels like one of those, you know, like advancement moments for young players. You know, like you got to play with all those dudes in an Olympics that usually uh, shows Im- or causes improvement in the next season. Um, yeah, and just because they're not playing fast doesn't mean that they're not that they can't do better on assists. You know, like they yeah. might not have the volume of passes, but they're they're a better team than some of these numbers suggest with the ball distribution. I think so. Yeah. I I hate their guts. I actually think they're pretty fucking good. Um, the the depth is super concerning. On the other hand. Like if you were a GM and you had to replace one player on a team, wouldn't you rather just get a dude that doesn't need shots? Like they're not going to go for, maybe they'll go for a superstar, but to, but to replace Patrick Williams, you're really focusing on defense, right? Yeah. And I, and speaking of that, I just like to, you know, end up by just saying, Ayo Desunmu, uh, this kid was a second round pick out of Illinois from Chicago. He's a local kid. He's a local hero. He won two state championships in high school. Um, this guy seems like he might be a guy who they kind of experiment with in the short term and see what they have in him. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that he's a guy I'm even considering uh, picking up right now, but um you know, he's he's a guy who, you know, the Bulls seem to like. And um, I wouldn't be shocked to see him start to get a little bit more playing time. I think he played almost 20 minutes in the in the game on Saturday night. So, Ayo Dusunmu. And really, right now, they the Bulls are going to need to play their bench because they have five players they can depend on and then a bunch of other dudes. So some of those guys are going to get minutes and some of those guys are going to get shots. And I don't know the names of a bunch of those guys and Kobe white is still injured. So, um, yeah, I like, that's a great point. I, I, I do sort of feel like the bulls, even though they lost their best perimeter defender, they're actually in a pretty good spot. And Mm -hmm. that's, uh, even taking into consideration how tough the division is. And I do think the division is pretty tough. Obviously, the Milwaukee Bucks are in it. Okay, so let's move on to the challenge game. Last week, I challenged Brandon to watch the Detroit Pistons play the Orlando Magic on Saturday night. 
The Magic after that game are now one and six, and the Pistons are one and four. So this was a real barn burner. This we was call that a, we call that a toilet bowl. The championship uh, to see I who, who's I not going to be Titanic over. matchup. I call that the <laughs> Super Bowl, but a couple months early. Um, I'll just say this to start it off because I watched it too, obviously, Ghost Thuns. Uh It was Cade's first game, Cade Cunningham, the number one pick in the NBA draft. He didn't have his shots, but he played good defense and he had good court vision. Brandon, give us your thoughts on these two, probably the two teams, I guess, along with the Thunder. So the three teams that are going to be fighting for the number one seed, or the number one pick in the NBA draft next year. Yeah. Um, so first off, it was actually a pretty entertaining game. Um, I mean, now maybe that's just me just being a fantasy guy, but I actually really enjoyed this game. Um, you know, second, congratulations. Go Pistons. Nice Thank win. Thank you very much. I appreciate uh, that. That's so nice yeah. of you. What a yeah, guy. Nice win. Nice win for your program. Um, but on the scoreboard, we do not have the worst win percentage anymore because someone's one in six. I forget who. Yeah. Oh, Indiana, maybe. So I tuned in. I didn't tune in right away. I missed, you know, a big chunk of the first quarter. I tune in. Uh, so Cade Cunningham still has no points. It takes him, I think, six <laughs> shots to yes. finally score. Um, but at that point, I think he already had like a handful of rebounds and he had been, you know, playing, playing. All right. He just couldn't hit a shot. And, um, but these are my, my quick observations on the Pistons, you know, offense. Um, look, I get it. You took Killian Hayes in the first round last year, but like a little less Killian Hayes with the ball in his hand. If I, if I do say so, um, you know, maybe give that to Cade or anyone else. Um, but just a little bit, I, I don't need to see Killian not. Hayes with, have the ball in his hand, bringing it up, you know, that so many wrong. times, um, so, so wrong. a lot of Jeremy Grant. And I, I love Jeremy Grant. I think he's a really, really good player. I mean, defensively and you know, his position versatility, I love Jeremy Grant. Um, but you know, I, Look, I get it. This team is not competing for anything right now, but long-term, Jeremy Grant is not the guy who you can feature, I think, you know, time, you know, up and down the court as much as you guys do. And I think, you know, you know that. Um, and hopefully that's that's what Cade develops into. But on Cade, um, I'd just like to say that Cade, I really like Cade. Um, I've followed Cade for a while now since he was in high school. I, I, I you know, I really like that style of player, that tall point guard. Um yeah, and I, yeah. I was impressed. I was impressed. You know, he rebounded well. His defense, yes. you know, looked good. He passed the ball. He showed energy. Um, he just couldn't get his shot to fall, but that'll that'll come. Um, so I really was encouraged by what I saw from Cade. Um, Sadiq Bay, I think he's going to – you're going to see as Cade develops, Sadiq Bay is probably going to benefit the most because I think um, looking at his shot attempts, so his field goal attempts have gone up, you know, by – a handful this year, but his three point attempts have not. And so I think that playing off Cade and, and uh, Jeremy Grant, he's going to be a beneficiary and get a lot of open shots, not a lot of open shots, but more open shots. Um, and, you know, if he can kind of continue to, to develop as a spread the floor spacer shooter guy, he's going to, to really see that 
um, pay dividends for his scoring average. Um, so I liked all that. And then um, Kelly Olenek, you know, he stays on the floor. I he mentioned the bench him. won that game, Kelly. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thank you, Kelly. Kelly Olenek, you know, he just he he stays on the floor because he makes smart plays, and he he made kind of the same play yeah, two or three times in the end. Pull up at the perimeter yeah. and then <laughs> and then slowly runs yeah. to the basket, and you're like, but he, I could defend that, but like guys. <laughs> Don't know. Yeah, he did it like three times. Yeah, and it was amazing every time. He did one time he shot it, one time he drove and dunked it, and one time he passed it. And it but it was the same play every time. Um, so you know, I liked all of that from the Pistons. On the on the magic side, um, you know, I you know, I think the magic have with Suggs and um, you know, some of the guys that are injured right now, I think the magic have you know, a fair amount of young talent with a lot of upside. Um, but I'll just keep the magic. I'll let you kind of talk about the magic guys a little bit more, but I love seeing the Wagner brothers out there. Totally. Um, I mean, that's, that's pretty amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, for sure. you know, at, at one point, I think there were four Michigan players in the game between yeah. the two teams. Um, and I'll say out of the three rookies last night, I actually liked the, younger Wagner the most from three of them yeah yeah so um I'll I'll turn it over to you with on that note but yeah I actually like Franz the most and and it from what I saw in, in that game uh Franz is the number one oh he's number two in minutes per game on the magic and he's number three in field goal attempts per game on the magic. He seems taller to me than he is. Like, I think he's six, nine, but he looked like he was taller than some of the front court for the Pistons. Um, he did. My major concern, first of all, Cole Anthony had a good game. I like him a lot. I think he's a double, double, yeah, yeah. double, double. Um, and he played the most minutes on the magic. Uh, the Pistons won this game with the bench, like we said, and I think some of that was like like the reason you had Killian being so ball-dominant, bringing it up, and the reason you had Jeremy maybe not being as uh, intent on involving other people as possible was like, this is a game the Pistons can win. And even though we want to have the best record overall meta wise, like Dwayne Casey still wants people to know what it's like to win and to be able to beat teams that you're better than. And the Pistons with the people they had on the floor last night had more talent than the magic and they should win those games. Like Jeremy Grant is there to win those games. So I sort of felt like that was not a statement game, but it was like, if Jeremy Grant can't beat this magic squad, then, you know, why is he really there? Like mm-hmm. being paid to be the face of the franchise. Um, Kill, it was like, listen, man, we just want to get you as much PT as we possibly can before Cade takes over. So let's let Cade play off of you first. And, you know, we'll just focus on you being the point guard. You bring it up. You know, this is a shitty team. Like, let's see what happens. He didn't have a great game, but his defense was good. And you can you can tell that a Cade and Kill perimeter defense could be the foundation for something great 
just on that end of the floor. Like they were both incredibly physical. Cade was everywhere on defense. I love that. And it, I love he that. He was amazing. He didn't let his bad need... shots like dictate how he played on defense. Sorry, go ahead. I just I was just gonna quickly say I love Killian's defense, but I don't need the ball in his hands for that. I I completely agree with you in the long term, but I also feel like this is basically a continuation of his rookie year. And also, you know, Cade's already been injured. Like, if you give the keys to the dude that's only going to be there for spot starts, maybe that isn't great long-term for everybody else. Um, Positive for the Pistons and negative for the Magic is that Mo Bamba didn't have a great game offensively. And I think that's because of Beef Stew. You know, mm-hmm. like I think the Pistons front court played them pretty well. Um, yeah, I'm a big beef stew. You know, I'm a big beef for stew sure. fan here. So for sure. just for anyone who, who, who's missed that, we love him. We love him as a yeah. as a guy who's going to hit the three and block shots and probably give you some double doubles. So and he's not a beef stew like, in your league if he's available. You know, like he's not a seven footer who's going to like have to sit out because his body's too big. Like he's an athlete, you know, he's like more, I mean, I don't want to say he's Draymond Green, but he's like Draymond Green's size, you know, like. Yeah, Bam Adebayo. Uh, and even though Mo Bamba didn't have a great offensive game, he ended up with 10 points, two blocks, two dimes and three boards. I mean, that's a little bit of everything. So when your shot isn't falling, if you can provide other counting stats that sort of makes up for it. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, there are a lot of very interesting fantasy players on these teams, and it's going to be a roller coaster, I think, for both teams in fantasy all year long. Like, yeah. A lot know, of interesting uh, injured guys, too, right? I right, mean, yeah. Okiki came back last night, and, you know, Jonathan Isaac is still on the magic. We're probably not going to see him this year, but, like, you know, he's a guy who's there, too. Um, Mark L. Fultz. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They have a lot of guards, and that's the another reason Mark why. L. But that's sort of why I think that Franz Wagner, um, the small forward, I think that's his minutes are pretty safe because it's like they have centers and they have guards, but Mm -hmm. they don't really have forwards. So it's like, I actually, even though Jalen Suggs is the better player, probably, I think that Franz Wagner might have a safer position. If that makes sense. Fantasy. I agree. I I totally agree. And it showed, it showed. And like you said, we we still have, we still don't know if Fultz is going to come in and kind of eat into because before his injury, um, he was playing pretty well for them and, totally. you know, they were, they were playing him starter minutes. So, um, you know, I think that Wagner is a guy who I like him a lot. I'm I'm really high on him. And in dynasty leagues, I think he's a guy who has, who could be really good. Um, he's not fast, which really hurts his sex appeal, but it's, you know, we keep seeing these dudes who aren't really fast. I mean, we just said Kelly Olenek, like there's, there are guys that are change-ups in the NBA now, I think. They're just off-speed pitches, and it really fucks with people and their pace. Like, they're yeah. just, they just don't know how to go slow. Mm-hmm. It's really it's, – it's interesting to watch. Like, there's 
at least five or six of them out there who are like, I just go too slow for people. Like Luca is almost like that. I mean, he's yep. so young and so fat, like he's fast by default, but it's like, he's not a quicker dude, you know? Yeah. Last note, last note on them for me is, uh, you know, even, um, you know, even with Mobamba there, um, you know, they're still, still getting a lot of production from their other center. Um, blanking on his name right now. Um, the guy but that was the at formerly of Chicago. A... Uh, oh my God. Wendell, Wendell Carter. Wendell Carter. Jr. Wendell Carter. Yeah. yeah. He's still, he was pissed he's off still last night. His shot wasn't producing. falling either. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, they it better. seems like, it seems like they're going to let all these young guys play and they'll, you know, they'll make a trade at some point um, to, and then, you know, get rid of somebody for some draft picks or some sort of compensation. But um, I think that they're going to kind of like, just kind of let these guys go out and do their thing. So I think you're going to get pretty good fantasy production from about four or five guys on this, on both of these teams. Right. You don't, the Orlando magic literally don't know what they have. So you have to find out. And that means that the guys with pedigree are going to get minutes and shots. So they're a good team. I think they're one of the teams with four games this week. Like they're just a good game. They're a good team for volume. And, you know, even as a crapshoot, one of the top seven guys might pop, you know, just on volume alone. Yep. All right. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with some ads. We are back. Brandon, I have multiple ads this week. I, I, I did the same thing we did last week. I did volume under 20% and then a dynasty. I don't know what you did, but, um, you know, if I did more than you, then I feel pretty good about myself and I will brag about <laughs> it. So I, I hope you did fewer than I did. Who is your first? Do you have a volume ad? Um, I did not do a volume ad this week, um, but I do like, but I do like Franz uh, Wagner. Um, so I guess he counts as one because, you know, he was a guy that I was actually looking at as one of them this week. Um, you know, a couple guys we've already talked about, uh, that, that are, you know, still available, um, you know, in Tyrese Maxey. And, um, you know, so I don't know how long he'll be under 20%, but he currently is under 20%. And, um, you know, he's a guy that I'm still looking at. Uh, also, Cam Reddish and Deon- oh. DeAnthony Melton are still out there. But that those are not my guys. Those are not my guys. Oh, uh, oh okay. The guys those that guys are trash. Going- like, those are my guys. <laughs> we basically named all my guys. And you're like, but I wouldn't do that because – I'm trying to give you good advice. Like I'm, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Here trying to be professional. So yeah, no, go ahead with your non-garbage. <laughs> no, those I'm are all, you. those are all friends of the show. You're those so nice. Are... What a very <laughs> nice guy you are. That's so generous of you. But the guy that I'm actually looking at this week is, uh, is a guy who I've actually had my eye on for a couple years. And I think now that San Antonio is finally just in full on rebuild mode and saying, you know, we're going young is Lonnie Walker. 
Um, you know, he's the been fourth. getting the fourth. Let's not the forget fourth. that shit. The fourth. Yeah. Like when you get to the fourth, you have to say it. I'm not going to say pretty impressive. Third, like junior, whatever. I'm not going to call you like Rob Bob the third or whatever. That's not Robert Covington, but uh, the fourth is impressive. It is. It is. It is. And, and, uh, and Lonnie is a guy who, you know, I like um, as a guy who, you know, has a solid floor as far as like what he's able to do on a basketball court. You know, I mean, this guy is a guy who he, you know, he, he fits in well in San Antonio because he, he's a guy who is a pretty cerebral player. And, um, you know, he understands the defensive scheme and what they're trying to get accomplished there. Um, but I think that he's also a guy that could, you know, see some improvement um, potentially and a slight increase in his usage rate. And, um, you know, right now he's scoring 13 points a game, three assists, 3.2 rebounds, um, giving you about a little over one point one, giving you 1.1 stocks. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, given that his three point percentage is slightly down, um, but his volume is up, he's up to six and a half threes up from four and a half last year. Um, you know, his percentage has dropped a couple ticks. If he can get that back up, this could be a guy that's scoring close to 15 points a game. And like I said, he's also giving you three assists and three rebounds. Um, so this is a guy at, you know, 15% owned that, um, you know, I like. And I think that he's a guy who you can also kind of look at in uh, dynasty leagues. He's a top 125 player who's readily available. And the Spurs need scoring. Like, sometimes it's just that easy. Like, mm -hmm. like don't even consider dynasty. Like, the Spurs need to be able to score. If someone on that team besides DeJounte Murray and hopefully, fingers crossed, Derek White, uh, are able to score, then that changes the whole dynamic of the team because they're long, they're fast, they're young. Thad Young's there for, like, no reason. Like, they can either keep him because they think they're going to the playoffs or they can trade him and try to up it. Like, there's... He seems like he has to get traded, right? But it's it's a Spurs team, and they yeah, like, but everyone not needs make a trade unless it like it. really gets them something in return. But let's say Lonnie Walker pops, and you know he's not just fifteen; he's like eighteen. And then the Spurs are on the trade deadline; like they're not a five hundred team; they're a little bit below. But like maybe they'll make the play-in game. You know, like they still feel mm -hmm. like a strong team. Thad Young and Lonnie Walker the fourth, I feel like that gets you a pretty good return. Yeah. And I think so. all of a sudden the Spurs have maybe like three guys, you know? Anyway, I yeah, I love that pick. I love him because I think the opportunity is there and the and the need is there. And perhaps even the need is more important than the opportunity because the Spurs just need scoring. And he's already a top 125 player and he's five minutes old. Yeah. He's 22 yeah. years old. Yeah. Like you should pick him up. Okay. Yeah. You, you mentioned Maxi. So this is one of my volume ads for the coming week. So Tyrese Maxi ah. plays for Philadelphia. He has four games in this upcoming week. To the maxi is 18% rostered. 
He is second in minutes per game on Philadelphia, and he is third in field goal attempts. Now, people think that Penn Simmons is coming back, and you know he's like maybe hanging out with the team and practicing, blah, blah, blah. Who knows? Even if he comes back, Tyrese Maxey is going to have a big role on the 76ers. Yeah. I am going I almost, to give- I almost like Maxey's role a little bit more if Simmons is back, to be honest. Now, maybe, obviously, his right. minutes will drop, um, but I kind of think that he can play off of Simmons, and he might benefit from, some, from playing with Simmons. sure. He's being asked to be the point guard. He's listed as the two guard, but he's being asked to be the point guard. Mm-hmm. while Ben Simmons is out. And, you know, if that continues, he should get PG eligibility in fantasy. And, you know, then you're talking about a guy like Victor Oladipo back when he was drafted by the Magic and it was suddenly like, all right, cool. Well, you're the point guard too. And he's like, okay, there and yeah. like, on this team. But it ended up helping him long-term because it, you know, makes you be the distributor. You can't just be the score first point guard. So I'm going to give you a list. This list is of players who average at least 31 minutes per game, take at least 11 shots per game, average three or more assists per game, and have a 48-plus field goal percentage. And... They are 22 years old or younger. (laughs) Okay. Could you guess those three? I think you can probably guess one since we're talking about Tyrese Maxey. He's one of them. Do you know the other two? Um, 31 minutes per game. So, right. You could look it up. Sure. Luca? No. Is he 23? Uh, no, I think it's the field goal percentage, actually. Mm. So okay, I'll just... Who are they? It is R.J. Barrett, who is still only 22 years old, by the way, and Ja yeah. Morant. Those are mm. the three dudes. Like, Tyrese Maxey is 18% rostered. Let's say Ben Simmons doesn't come back. Yeah. Correct. He should be rostered as if he's like R.J. Barrett or Ja Morant. If that happens, then your return on investment for picking up Tyrese Maxey right now is astronomical. Okay, well let's let's settle down with the. Ja I'm just Morant, saying that's that's understood. I that's agree. Feeling. He should be rostered in sixty percent of leagues. I would think, right? Fifty sure. at least. Right. Right. Totally. Okay, and then I wanted to back up uh, your Cam Reddish uh, suggestion from earlier. He's 19 I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mention all your guys. Those are guys we've talked no, no, about, no. so that was why. Oh, for sure. But, like, uh, he's another volume guy because he but has four games. They're still, they're still under 20%, too. It doesn't make sense. And, and some of these stats are crazy. Okay, so Cam Reddish is second in field goal attempts on Atlanta still. Okay. Uh-huh. Five plus three point attempts per game with a 43 three point percentage. 16 players in the NBA so far average five plus three point attempts with a 43 three point, three point percentage. And Cam Radish is the youngest one of them. So yeah. he's a sniper right now. He's also a volume sniper, 
even if he's coming off the bench. And like, I don't really know why that should change whether he stays in Atlanta or gets traded. Like you're, if, if you're going to trade for a guy like that, that means you're going to give him minutes and shots. And if you have a guy like that, that means you're going to give him minutes and shots. So, you know, if he stays this way, like, I think he's the automatic sixth man of the year. He seems like that classic guy that he gets traded and then he becomes a starter. And then you're just like, oh yeah, this guy can score, you know, high twenties a game if he really gets the opportunity. Because right now his last two games, his last two games, he's got 36 points in 47 minutes. So, you know, it doesn't, he doesn't need a ton of minutes to cook you up 20 points, you know? And he's under 20% roster, you know, like, it's I know, like, I know. He's I know. so good right now. And he's a player with pedigree. Like we Part said, Part of it is they just have so many wings there. They've got Herder, they've got Hunter, they've got him, they've got, you know. Yeah. But Brandon, here's the thing. They, they know they're playing him more than anyone except Trey young. They know. Yeah. It's just that he's not starting and maybe he's fine with that. Like, which is totally cool. Like quick question he, on, on this, on reddish for you. Yeah. DeAndre Hunter and, and Cam Reddish, who do you like more for this season and who do you like more for a dynasty league? So you're asking me purely in terms of fantasy. Yeah, fantasy. Okay, so it's it's Cam for both because I think he's he seems like he's the better scorer. Now, if you were asking me, like if I were the Pistons GM and you were like, listen, for Sadiq Bay, we'll give you either of these guys. You choose. Then I don't know. Okay. Because DeAndre that, Hunter's that perimeter defense is like pretty incredible. Yeah. Like he can guard yeah. four positions, and depending mm-hmm. if the other team goes uh, goes small, he can guard five. Very true. Very true. But that's the kind of upside Reddish has, guys, and he's 19% owned. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, in a vo- like I think that if DeAndre Hunter was coming off the bench and Cam Reddish was starting, their ownership, their roster ship percentages would switch. You know, mm-hmm. like DeAndre would be under, under-rostered. Uh, yeah. Let's see. You and already De- said DeAndre. Go ahead. Red- Reddish is at 19 and Hunter's at 16. Yeah. In ESPN leagues. So both of them are are available. I like Reddish. You like Reddish a little bit more. Um, pick them up, guys. So Franz Wagner, you already mentioned, he's 14% rostered. He's uh, top 75 on the player Raider because of volume. He has four games with the Orlando Magic upcoming this week. Um, he's shooting 49% from the floor, 44% from three. Uh, that's nice. That's pretty fucking, good. <laughs> you know, okay. like he's just, he's, he's getting volume and he's getting opportunities and there's no reason that's going to change. So he's a great volume play. He's a great streamer play. He's a great dynasty play. Uh, I have a dynasty ad. Do you have a dynasty ad? Uh, I do. You go first. Okay. I'm going to start this with asking you a question. There are only two players in the NBA who are currently averaging eight 
plus three point attempts per game have a 40 or better three point percentage grab at least four rebounds and dish at least two dimes. Only two players do that. So it's eight threes. They're 40% from three point or better four rebounds two assists. Only two players do it. Do you know who they are? Trey Young? No. Steph Curry? No. Harrison Barnes? No. Kevin Durant? Nope. Give it to me. The first one is Mr. C.J. McCollum, Mm. who is 98% rostered. The second one is born in the darkness Desmond Bain. Oh my god. Is 37% rostered. Quick thing Desmond. about Desmond. Quick yeah. thing. So Give I'm watching basketball. I'm watching I'm watching last night or yeah last night. My kids are on the couch with me. We're watching basketball and we're watching I, we were watching the the your challenge game, Pistons Magic, and they oh, yeah. showed a graphic, and it was five guys, and I don't remember what the the stats were, but Desmond Bain was in it, and my daughter, she's three years old, and she's like, she points at Desmond, and she's like, I like him. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> Lexi, smart girl, dude. Of course, of course, she does. Yeah, she, she's the coolest. Oh my god. All right, continue. Wait. And didn't Jay? Who did Jay said he, he said he liked last night? Uh, Jay likes Jeremy. He likes Grant and Cunningham. Yeah, because he kept calling him. He, but he says he he's going to call him Cutting Ham. That's fine with me. That's fine. Yeah. With, I love your makes choice. sense. Great makes sense. So they have great taste. Uh, Desmond Bain, and we should just start calling him Tom Hardy because. Uh, that guy played Bane in the Batman movie and he plays Venom in the Venom movies. And as we all know, in the comics, Bane took Venom in order to break Batman's back. So these are all interconnected. It's very sophisticated. There's a lot going on. Uh, which Tom Hardy is Desmond Bane? Is he both? Is he a Hulk? Is he incredible? He's only 37% rostered. He only has three games this week with Memphis. But on Memphis, he's third in minutes per game, second in shot attempts per game. He, as I said, takes more than eight three-pointers a game and shoots them at a 43 three-point percentage. Only 19 players in the NBA average eight or more three-point attempts per game, including Bain. Only four players average more than eight and sink them at a better than 40% three-point percentage. Those are CJ, as I said, Bain, Buddy Heald, and Evan Fournier on the New York Mm. Knicks. How about that? What a nice little thing for the New York Knickerbockers. Do not Google Fournier's name. Um, but, (laughs) But Fournier, Buddy Heald, and CJ are guys that are rostered in a way that Desmond is not. And I really, I really do feel like it's just because of his youth 
Like if he was 27 years old, I feel like he'd be rostered like Fournier is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I like he he's a sensational player and I'm going to keep plugging him every single goddamn fucking week until he's at least 50% rostered. Cause I think he like, honestly, to me, he's one of those dudes that maybe has like a 17 year career. He looks like he, he looks like a real pro. Like, you know what I mean? Like he just looks yeah. like a guy who knows what he's supposed to do out there. And, um, and he gets it done. Um, my dynasty pick, we've already talked about this guy, but I, I just can't say enough about him and how impressed I am with him. But Franz Wag- Wagner, man, I mean, he, you, you go. know, go blue. He seems like, me. I mean, he just, he just looks like he knows how to play his role. And he, like you said, he looks or maybe he just kind of plays bigger than what he really is, but he's only owning 14% of leagues right now. He's actually 16th at his position at a really deep, small forward position. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like, I liked what I saw from him. I liked the fact that he's playing with his brother. I think that's awesome. Um, I think that's only going to boost his confidence. Uh, you know, right now, I don't know if this is sustainable, but he's shooting over 43% from three. Um, right. He, you know, he's shooting 49% from the field. Um, so, you know, maybe that is going to come down to earth a little bit more. But, I mean, if you think about it, you know, at the end of the day, they're probably going to be losing a lot of games. And we all know in the NBA when one team gets a big lead, you know, defense is something that you play sparingly. So sure. I think he's going to be able to jack up some shots and score in some garbage time. And I think from a fantasy perspective, this is a guy to me who, you know, when it's all said and done, he might end up being the third or fourth best fantasy rookie this year. Dude, I think because just because of the roster construction and how tall he is, I think he has a better chance to be rookie of the year than Jalen does. Oh, I think I totally do. I totally do. Just because he'll get more minutes, you know, mm-hmm. like he'll be out yeah. there. Like they're just, and like, you know, and if, and if Jalen pops and I hope that he does, uh, then everything could change. But like you said before, the magic have so many young mouths to feed and it's like Franz is going to be out there at the three and the four, no matter what. Yeah. And I could even see him playing some like small ball five. Um, After last night's game, when he looked like he was the tallest mother, like he looked, he is taller than beef stew. He looks like, yeah, it was, it was yeah. kind of weird. I didn't realize mm-hmm. it. Maybe everyone else was just so short, whatever. Anyway. Okay. So that was, uh, that was the challenge game and the ads we are moving on. No, we haven't done our challenge game yet. Oh, I meant, uh, from last week. Oh, got it. Sorry. We're going to yeah. end with you challenging me to watch a game. Right. But right. right now right. we are going to do the stock market report with. Yeah. Brand- so. Yeah, Explain so, what a stock is first, just for people who may not know. Of course, of course. So uh, the stock market, what am I talking about? I'm talking about stocks, steals plus blocks. Um, uh, those are a, a pair of stats that are underappreciated in a lot of leagues. Um, you don't hear a lot of people talk about them. Everyone can tell you who's scoring 20 points a game, 
but not that many guys can tell you who's getting three combined steals plus blocks or who can get three stocks. Now, if I told you, Natty, that getting three stocks was more or less valuable than scoring 20 points per game, what, what would you say? If I asked you, rather. Probably I know would, the answer. Well, I would tell you that those values are weighted because you're probably playing in like a Roto-esque head-to-head league. So in fantasy, if your choice is between someone who gets three plus blocks a game but does not score 20 points a game and someone who gets 20 points a game but does not get three stocks, I would still go with the 20 plus points, but there are more of those dudes than there are what you're talking about. Exactly. I am a Luddite, and that's why you're giving the stock report. Like, I'm obviously not anti, but, you know, (laughs) expert. I'm the dude sitting back being like, yeah, but Jeremy Grant, with his bad field goal percentage, is still better with his 22 points. Well, we're going to talk about Jeremy Grant. So, the stock market, who are the top, who are the, the, the real bulls on the stock market right now? You got Al Horford. The Time Lord, Shocking. Robert Williams. Yeah. So you got a pair of Celtics, Jeremy Grant, and Carl Anthony Towns. These four guys are the only guys in the league right now who are averaging four stocks per game. Okay. And they all play in the front court and they're all yep. long. And I like, I do think it's shocking that Al Horford is doing that, by the way. Like, I saw that earlier too, and I was like, He's like, he's a must roster player right now. Yeah, he's been incredible and he'll probably come down. But as of right now, those four guys. Now, if you add in the guys who are averaging three plus stocks per game, you get another 12. You get PG 13, Jimmy Bus, Jimmy Butler. Oh, yeah. Car- Caruso. One of your right, favorite guys. He should fucking start. Like, Mark- what, what are you saving it for? Whatever. I'm sorry. <laughs> No problem. Marcus Smart, Tybal, LeBron, Lonzo, yes, Jeremy Grant, uh, who I already said, CJ McCullum, who I expect to fall off of this list quickly. I don't know, dude. He's on a bunch of really good exclusive lists. I don't know, man. Like, they're not losing because of him. Anyway, no, no, going. no, but he's not a stock guy. But I like what he's doing. Anthony Davis, not surprised there. Miles Turner. That's Brolo. like all he's doing. Like Miles Turner, in- like where are the points? Like what's yeah. going on in Indiana? Like I don't understand. Like they're, I think the Pacers are like one in five or one in six. And they've lost some heartbreakers, but like what the fuck? Anyway. Yeah. Brolo. Um, so that's so that's 16 guys in the NBA right now who are averaging over three stocks. And now, all those dudes are at least 70% rostered, right? Except Matthias. Right. And that's where that's that's the point here. So 16 guys who are averaging three plus stocks. Meanwhile, there's 33 guys who average 20 points a game. So twice as many guys average 20 points a game as average three stocks. So my point here is just that 
you know, pay attention to this category because it often goes overlooked. A lot of times people just focus on points, rebounds, and assists. And if they're a little bit more of a, of a nerdy guy, they may guy or gal fantasy player. They may look into efficiencies, but people don't tend to focus on the defensive metrics as much. And, you know, you can win a category or two. And, and, you know, if you're in a weekly league, it can be all the difference between winning that week and not winning that week. And like I said, um, you know, stocks are not easy to kind of project, but, you know, you can find guys who will give you good stocks um, and, you know, they may or may not necessarily be as good on the other end of the court, but they may stay on the court because of their defensive value. So a guy like Tybal, who may not score very much and he may have some bad shooting nights, um, he, he'll, he, he'll continue to get those It's possible. No one can yeah. be supernova <laughs> hot forever. <laughs> Everybody except Jordan and Matisse have <laughs> offense. Yeah, but uh, they, they may they, – but he will stay on the floor. He'll continue to get the opportunity because of the stocks. So – that's just my, my two cents. And, you know, like I said, we mentioned a lot of the guys that we've mentioned who, who are having really good fantasy seasons right now are on this list, right? Lonzo, um, mm-hmm. Caruso, Jeremy Grant, um, CJ. So, you know, pay attention to the stocks. Blocks are a little harder to find than steals because a lot of times steals tend to be guys who just get high usage. Uh, perimeter players who get high usage who are you know going to going to be able to jump some passes and, and have some opportunities maybe get some on ball steals well those guys will get a lot of steals but the guys who can get the combination of the two are very valuable and Matisse Tybal is, is a guy who who's doing that um, you know it kind of depends on the structure of your league if you can afford to play him you know because of his his poor performance on the offensive side but in a league like the one that Natty and I are in, where it's daily and, um, you know, it's it's head-to-head categories, um, playing a guy like that has a ton of value. So when you told me you wanted to talk about stocks, when you texted that to me earlier, I ended up going deep. So I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. Because I'm like – at heart, I'm a dude that just likes the idiosyncratic players, like the guys who, you know, can dish dimes but can't score or the guys that get rebounds and can't do anything else. Like, because I just feel like that they stand. Just old school basketball players. And like specialists, like you can be a specialist, but if you're so bad at a bunch of the other stuff, then you're still not going to be able to play. So, I don't know. I, I, I like the strange players most of all, but I I looked into this because you're right. Like they are overlooked blocks and steals. And I looked, I, you're one of the smartest guys I know. You're an econ guy. You're a math guy. And so I looked into it in terms of volume from last year, because I knew that you probably weren't going to do that because last year was 72 games rather than 82 and it, mm-hmm. it's not really representative and i just didn't even look at ratios but i thought these numbers were still revealing there were only seven players with at least 100 steals last year 
that's pretty exclusive. And whether mm-hmm. you're playing in a daily league or a weekly league, that kind of volume, only seven dudes did that. That's pretty nice. So those seven guys are TJ McConnell, Jimmy Buckets, Draymond Green, Matisse Tybel, your boy, DeJounte Murray, go Spurs, DeLon Wright, which I was shocked by, and Robert Bob Covington, which I was the opposite of shocked by. Only seven players, again, had 100-plus blocks last year. That, again, only seven. So let's say that you had a dude from each list. That's going a long way towards helping you win a league, right? Like you have... You have two elites, no matter what. Those seven players in blocks were Rudy Gobert, Miles Turner, Nerlens Noel, Clint Capella, Jakob Pertl, which surprised me. I didn't think he got that much time. Uh, Chris Boucher, who's not really playing that much to this year, and Brooke Lopez, who you mentioned earlier. Yeah, and and to that, Nerlens Noel was available on a yeah. lot of wires going into the play fantasy playoffs last year. I picked him up and he helped us beat Natty Mm -hmm. win a championship. Nerlens has his ring right now. For sure. He does. For sure. So you can find you. Yeah. Look, you're not going to, you're obviously, you know, a guy like Gobert is getting drafted, you know, where he gets drafted for a reason, but you can find a sneaky stock guy pretty much whenever you want. There were 12 dudes last year who got you a stock, who went one plus steal and one plus block per game. They're Nerlens, like you said, mm-hmm. who was not rostered at all, really. Uh, the Brow, Anthony Davis, 3J in limited time, uh, Mitch Robb in limited time, Embiid, PJ Washington, Rob Bob Covington, Giannis, Matisse Tybel, your boy, Mm-hmm. Andre Drummond, probably not this year. Yusuf Nurkic, that yep. surprised me. And Bam Adebayo, which is not surprising since he's one of the best players. So that's 12 dudes last year, right? 23 players are doing it this year so far. That's obviously going to go down, but like 23 think- dudes is still pretty elite in terms of fantasy. Like that's- Do you think that has anything to do with the rule changes and with the, the lack of fouls being called on jump shooters and guys being able to be more aggressive on ball defenders? No. I think it's because uh, there are a bunch of rested legs and there are a bunch of old tired legs and it's the first two weeks of the season. So, like, maybe that ends up be like, to me right now, that's correlation without causation, and uh, that's just because we don't have enough games. So, so if it's still that way... Out, Natty? You're telling me we can't just project out for If the at year. the end of the year, the amount of people who average a steal and a block per game doubles from last year, then I would say that you're probably right. Because no, what... I'm kidding. But you would have to be... Well, you wouldn't have to be right, but you'd have to at least be able to say like, oh, well, that's, it's a 50% uh, jump in the people that did this. So something changed mm-hmm. and you'd have to investigate rule changes first, I think. So no, I mean, we are, we are in the second week of the season. I agree. Okay. So hold on a second. I, I have a stock to buy 
Is that okay? Cool? Yeah, okay. yeah. No, it's not too it. corny. All right, no, I right. Love it. I'm gonna take a swig of beer before I do this. Bye, bye, bye. I know. I need a big button to push. <laughs> okay. There are 11 players this year who are averaging one or more steal per game, one or more block per game, and one or more three-pointer made per game. Mm, Interesting. Right? Okay. I'm going to give you the list, and then I'm going to give you the – and then I'm going to ask you what the last player you think is that does that. So it's one plus steal, one plus block, one plus three-pointer made. Okay. The list is LeBron James, Big Cat, obviously, CJ again, no big deal, kind of a CJ episode, Embiid, Harden, Jeremy Grant, right on, Derek White, kind of surprised me, Lonzo, which I think is just fucking awesome, my Mm -hmm. man Tyrese Halliburton, sexual brolo who hasn't really played yet i think he's played in like one or two games and then there's one more player do you can you guess who the player is who averages one plus steal one plus block one plus three pointer made um so there was a guy that i was I was thinking I was looking oh, at no. as a sneaky stock guy and I'm going to throw him oh, out no. there. I don't, I don't know if he's hitting the threes, but Jalen McDaniels. No, it's not. Oh, but okay. I saw him too. Okay. That's nice. Right on. 2.4 two, stocks right now per game, by the way. I mean, go ahead. Never, who's your, who's your guy? Who is he? It's Patrick Beverly. Wow. Who is 3% rostered. He's currently averaging seven plus points per game. Who cares? Five dimes per game, three plus boards, Mm. one steal, one block, two three pointers made. He's sixth in minutes on per game on the Timberwolves and sixth in shot attempts. He's top 150 on the player Raider, but he gives you good counting stats and everything except points right now. And yeah. if he keeps those dimes up, I kind yeah. of feel like that's a dude you need to roster. Uh, yeah, I like it. I didn't. I mean, when you said five assists, that's that was that's another category that's you know a, a little bit overlooked and t- and hard to come by. So, dude, that's and pretty I was, incredible. I, I was thinking about it, and I was like, okay, so D'Angelo Russell, it's it's really hard to close with Dar. Uh, if things are close because his defense isn't that great. Um, so who who would be able to close for Minnesota? And it's Patrick Beverly. So like, right, exactly. And that's why they wanted him, right? It's like, you're there to help us try to be a professional team and give us defense legitimacy. And so far it looks like it's happening. And mm-hmm. if, if Pat Bev is playing on a team just like with Kawhi and Paul George, even though that didn't really actually happen that much last year, but he's playing with big cat and he's playing with the ant man. Like he's going to get open threes when he's on the floor with those two dudes. So 
I don't know. I saw those numbers and I was like, holy fucking shit. I, that's not bad. That's a good stock to buy because it's 3% rostered. It's he's 3% rostered. It costs you nothing. And if you don't need points, if you need the other stuff, pick up Pat Bev. Yeah. Why not? Cool, man. All right. Well, Unless you have another ad, I think it's time for you to challenge me to watch a game this coming week. Let's do it. So this Wednesday, 7 p.m. Eastern, the Chicago Bulls Mm. travel to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia 76ers in a battle of keeping with our theme. Boring. Top 10 defenses. Uh-huh. So Chicago right now, in terms of points, is the fourth-ranked defense. Philadelphia is 10th. Uh, Philadelphia is also third in blocks. Chicago is six, sixth. So um, I'm actually excited to see a game that could be, you know, the stock market live <laughs> in the flesh. You know, this could be a block party with you got Matisse out there. You got Lonzo out there. You got Caruso out there. Um, I want to see what these two teams can do. And I really want to see what Chicago can do when they actually have to go up against a truly formidable big man. Now, we've seen them have really a ferocious perimeter defensive attack. But how do they respond to you know, Joel Embiid, who, you know, that's a totally different type of defensive game plan that's required. Um, so I'm looking forward to this game. And and you're totally right, because Vooch is almost the exact opposite type of center from Embiid. Like, he, he doesn't want to beat the shit out of another dude, like, the same size as him. He'd rather post up against smaller dudes or shoot from outside. Um, even though he's great from the from the paint it, like Embiid is a hurricane like you you you'd rather avoid that if you could um that is going to be one of those games where a couple months down the road whoever won like their fans are like good thing we won that game because these could be two teams that are like top four the way things are going right now in the east like this game might actually matter this early in the season um if you're if you're coaching the Sixers, who do you put Matisse onto? Would you put him on Zach or would you put him on Chosen? Um like if you're Doc, I mean probably Doc, Zach. You know what? You guys should just defend who you want to. Sorry. Probably, I, I I think I put him on Zach and I let Tobias kind of primarily defend the chosen just because I think even though the chosen might put up more shots, I think that he's going to require a less dynamic defender. Um, not to say that I'm Obi is not the sort of dude that can like go lateral and stick with someone who's driving like that. Like, yeah, but that's, that's what they've got. The I mean, what is it? Four. Korkmaz? <laughs> who, who do you put on him then? I would actually have Matisse on him because I think that Matisse's uh, long arms 
would actually cause more havoc in the driving lanes for DeMar. Yeah. I mean, I, I would love to have Matisse there too, but I just think that, I think that. Plus they're not Zach, passing out of drive. So it's like. If, it's if the dentist is hitting his shot, he, he becomes a matchup nightmare. And you we haven't seen that yet. Them. Thank you very much. <laughs> He'll be here all week. Mm-hmm. But DeMar has to like. No matter who's on him, he has to go through Embiid too, and that's going to be fucking tough. But Demar's tough, so I okay. I didn't want to watch this because fuck Chicago and fuck Philly. But actually, now you're sort of talking me into it because I could also see Lonzo kind of feasting against Maxi, like if they're uh-huh. matched up, like that could be fun. It's going to be a fun game. You're going to see you're going to see some transition points because there's going to be a fair amount of steals, you know, and. uh Hopefully it's a block party. And it's not like Vooch is one of these like young fast centers that Embiid has to like play catch up with. Like they're both going to be slow. I mean, I think the Sixers have one of the slowest paces in the league too. Yeah. This could be a pretty interesting game. You're right. Fuck. I mean, and these teams are hovering, hovering. And like you said, this, you know, Philadelphia is four and two right now. Chicago's five and one. Um, You know, these are, these are two teams that, you know, Philadelphia has real serious aspirations, but I think Chicago does. I think Chicago believes too. I don't think Chicago sees this as like a flash in the pan. I think they expect to sustain yeah. this and, and make a serious run for a, a legit playoff seed, not the play. They don't want to be in the play in tournament. They want if to either of these be in the teams top six playoffs. It's a disaster. Yeah. It's an so, utter disaster. So this could be a playoff preview. You know, who knows? We might see these teams in the four or five matchup come Eastern Conference playoff time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward yeah. to this one. Hopefully everyone's healthy. Um, hopefully, you know, there's no issues with Embiid. Uh, I doubt we see anything from Ben Simmons by the time this game comes around. But um, nonetheless, I think it's going to be a good matchup. Shit, though. Speaking of Embiid, like for every game he misses or every game that he can't play big minutes, Andre Drummond is right there, and he's yeah. going to like I I bet his per his per thirty six are still double doubles. Like he's when Andre's oh, yeah. on the floor, he'll get you rebounds and he'll get you points, and it won't be pretty, but he'll still do it. Um, so I don't I I didn't even look at what he's rostered at. It's probably higher than. He's rostered in 42% of leagues, but he's still averaging nine rebounds per game in only 15 and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he'll and, probably. And yeah, speaking of stocks, 2.4 stocks. There you go. Holy shit. Uh, drum. I love Yeah. You. No, it's if he, if he, if anything happens to Embiid, he becomes a guy who's probably a top, you know, 30 to 40 player, right? Right away. A top, if your league counts double doubles, he's a top 20 player at least. Like, yeah. he hoovers up rebounds. He just yeah. hoovers them up. And uh, if Embiid goes down, then, uh, I mean, it'll turn into. Uh, Drummond might become like a 90% rostered player for sure. He, 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 against New Orleans, he had, he played 19 minutes. He had 17 rebounds, yeah. four stocks, and only six points. 
and he was a piston forever and I always had him on my team and it was because you could depend upon a very high floor of points and rebounds and double doubles. Like he got double doubles. Yeah. And stocks like, and actually over the past few years, he got better at distributing the ball too. So his assists went up. Like he's a good fantasy player. He really is. And it sucks. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, other people have done that, too. But, like, he's just not a real world. Like, he can't close for you, and you expect to be a winning team. It's a shame. No, if his defense cannot. was even, like, 10% better, maybe it would change. And maybe that'll change this year, being on this team. But So, yeah. so Drum, for his career, averages mm-hmm. one and a half blocks and 1.4 steals. 2.9 stocks for his career. It's pretty impressive. Every season of his career except for one he's averaged at least one block and one steal his third season he averaged 0.9 steals every other season has had at least one one block and one steal yeah i mean he was one of the best and most reliable fantasy players for the better part of a decade i mean he was on my team for my championships in ball don't lie for sure um, if he gets the minutes, he gives you the counting stats. He he was very very dependable. Um, he's just not like a an IRL player as much. Yeah, but forty two percent rostered right now. You think that's that's high? Yo, man. I think Andy, I think it sounds right. As as good in BDL as yeah. a handcuff for Embiid, and I think that's the way you should treat it. Like even exactly. if Embiid is fully healthy, there will be games that he doesn't play just for rest. So, you know, drum gets you drum. I'll even go like this. I guarantee you, he has a 2020 game this year. Like out of all these games, there will be one time where he plays like 35 minutes and gets you 20 points, 20 rebounds. And if he doesn't, it's because he doesn't get you the 20 points, but he's got, he'll get, he already had 17 rebounds. Yeah. Yeah. In under, in, in, in under 20 minutes. So agreed. All right, man. Well, happy Halloween, Brandon. Yeah, I'm. I will be watching this. I'll be texting with you, uh, and it's early enough so your kids can watch again, right? So, yeah, I'll be talking to all you guys. All right, man. They should watch every challenge game. All right. Well, that is it for the long two this week. We will be back with you next week. Enjoy basketball and be well. See you later. Later, guys.